in the beginning, you're trying to grow your business, you're scrambling for enough revenue to make it sustainable. <laughs> and so you take on anybody that comes your way, anybody that says, hey, I want your help, Can you? I'll pay you to do this for me. And the problem is, as I've learned, is sometimes when you take on the wrong type of customer, it just ends in tears and, and you know, it's a bad experience all around, both for the customer and, and for you. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Is your marketing strategy centered around clicks, funnels, artificial intelligence, and getting traffic to your website? Should your marketing strategy be more human-centric? Instead of getting traffic into funnels, shouldn't you get these visitors to your website started on a journey? Well, those questions and more will be discussed by my guest, Dr. Jurgen Strauss, who is the founder and chief innovator of InnovaBiz, a transformation marketing firm helping organizations by building visibility, professional authority, and connecting with their ideal clients. InnovaBiz will turn your business into a client magnet by building and making the most of your marketing, making your marketing human again. Jurgen is passionate about helping businesses achieve exceptional results through innovation and modern human marketing. Jurgen is committed to quality and service, which is unparalleled. As the host of Innova Buzz Innovation Podcast, Jurgen has been privileged to interview entrepreneurs from all around the world. He's also a mentor for the largest global community of websites and digital marketing consultants. Prior to founding InnovaBiz, Jurgen worked in the science and chemical industries, leading large global multinational teams across Asia, Europe, India, North America, and Australia. He spent years at the intersection of technology, science, human behavior, marketing, and business management. Nowadays, Jurgen uses his considerable skills and talents to specialize in innovative digital strategy and marketing, particularly making marketing more human again, and online marketing and lead generation strategies, as well as podcast development and project management. He is happily married with two adult children, two pet cats. Jurgen is an avid photographer and cyclist. Innova Business website is i n n o v a b i z dot com dot au and take a journey on this site and learn more about how they can help you transfer your marketing into something targeted 
and dynamic. Now, before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in-person and on-site at your location, or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm real excited to interview my guest today, because it is 3.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and my guest is in Australia, and it's 5.45 a.m. in the morning. And to be honest with you, before we get started, I was explaining to, his name is Jürgen, that, um, you know what, I couldn't do an interview at 5.30 in the morning. There's not enough coffee to make me sound intelligent or anything like that. <laughs> so, first and foremost... Thank you for getting up so early, and to thank you for being a guest on my podcast. Well, it's a privilege to be with you, Peter, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. I haven't had any caffeine yet, but normally I'm up this early in the morning to get out for a morning bike ride, so I've, I usually have enough energy to do something sensible. <laughs> well, let's, I, I will try to make this as sensible as possible. <laughs> so, and now the tables have actually turned. Because two weeks ago, I was interviewed on Jurgen's podcast and had such a blast on it that I had to have in my mind. And he was gracious enough to give, give me his time to interview him. And um, I want to come out of the gate and ask this question, because as I was researching you, you have your, your marketing, I'm going to say marketing enthusiast. Okay, because yeah. I mean, I, I love your website. I, I, I love what I've learned. But you make this statement that you want to make marketing, you you want people to make their marketing more human again, mm. again. And and what the, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great question. And it as as an accountant who you know you you wrote the book uh, taking the numb out of numbers, <laughs> and in some ways this is the the marketing equivalent of that. So mm. um, in this day and age, we have all these tools, you know, this artificial intelligence, these automation tools that people use, and there's all this conversation around funnels and around getting traffic to your website. Well, 
for a start, I'd like to see us talk not about traffic, but about people, because we're actually interacting with people, not traffic. So I don't, I don't want cars and bicycles and trains and so on coming to my website. I want people to come to my website. And then when those people arrive at that website, instead of having funnels set up, so we talk a lot about funnels and getting a lot of people into the top of the funnel and filtering them through, I like to think of people having a journey, having an experience. And so that they go on a journey and their journey is, you know, there's, there's really actually four journeys if you like, if you break it down, the first one of those is people want to learn, but they may not do anything more. So they find a website, whether it be, let's say it's an accounting website, and they want to learn more about a topic. Let's say they want to learn more about how to maximize their cash flow. But then the information there is enough for them. It gives them enough to go away and take some action and improve their business, improve their life. If it doesn't give them enough, but if they're impressed by what they see, their next journey is starting a relationship with the business and with the people in that business. So they might sign up for, again, a lead magnet. That's another term that uh, <laughs> that is the, the non-personal, non-human interaction. So they sign up for some more information so they can learn more, so they can take the next steps. They might join a community. So there might be a community there of people where the business, the people in the business provide a lot more information to that community. Also, there's uh, interaction between the members of that community so that uh, they are on another journey again. And then, of course, the, the fourth journey is the one where they actually buy the product or services that are on offer there. And even... After that, marketing hasn't ceased. So I, I have this 12-step marketing journey where I say that that's only sort of two-thirds of the circle, if you like, of the total customer journey. Because at that point, the experience that the customer has after they've spent money with you is probably the most critical one of keeping that person as a customer for a long time, for life. And then how to, how to use their positive experience in your marketing by having them talk about you, by providing reviews, by generating referrals, and and also how do you deliver even more value to that one customer? Because the other thing we know is that it's much, much harder to bring on new customers from you know the big wide world than it is to actually sell new services to an existing customer where you already have that wonderful relationship. So it, it's really all about treating people as people, <laughs> focused on relationship rather than, and I like to say, well, let's, let's start with the whole language around, let's not talk about funnels and traffic and it's people and relationships. Oh my God, I love that. Uh, I because as you were describing this, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I you said the the, the lead magnet, the click funnels, yeah. you know, how, you know, uh, rented media, and, and I just went, yeah, but it really just comes down to people, comes down to relationships, and creating hmm. that relationships in a in an online virtual world because our website is one of our biggest marketing tools, correct? That's right, it is. 
it's it's one place where people all around the world can find out more about us just just as you've done in you know researching me in preparation for this podcast so people can do their research on a business anywhere in the world in terms of does this business have the product or service or knowledge that I need right now but I keep hearing that the attention span of most people who go to a website is like within five to seven seconds. Hmm. Do you buy into that? Uh, to some degree, yes. Okay. Yeah. So you you do you've got about five to seven seconds to capture their attention. But again, if you think of it in terms of what's the customer's experience, so think about when you go to a website to look for something. So you've probably got that five to seven second span where unconsciously in your mind, you're saying to yourself, is this the right place? Mm -hmm. Can I find the information I'm looking for here right now? And, you know, you'll very quickly say yes or no, unconsciously. And in that five to seven second span, you'll either move on to the next website or back to your search engine or you'll say, no, this has got my attention. And the moment it's got your attention, then you say, okay, I think this is the right information. Am I in the right place now? And then it's kind of like, you know, that core human need of, do I belong here? Mm. Is this my crowd? Which is a human interaction. And if people who are putting together the website think about their customer experience right from the get-go, um, that's what I mean by the human marketing. I, I, yes, I, there's a number of websites I'll click on, and if it's heavily driven with content and text, I, I, my, my unconscious is saying you don't have time to read all of that. Yeah. You need something that you, to, you you might read it later, but you need something to catch your eye to make to hmm. make you come in. But we don't want just anybody coming to our website. I mean, we, we, people tend to find us, but we want mm. to drive a certain audience to our website, right? That's right. Yes, it's the, the whole idea of the ideal customer or the dream customer. Um, mm. I think, you know, we, we do this exercise very early on. I guess we, we start our, our whole marketing program with our clients. In, to, in We start with what we call a lighthouse. And this comes from my friend, George Bryant, who developed what he calls the lighthouse method. So he's got this analogy that the lighthouse is the beacon of light you shine out into the world. And it doesn't matter what happens in the outside environment, whether there's storms or hurricanes or uh, typhoons or rain or wind or cold or whatever it is, that light is shining and it's a guiding light that is always consistent, always congruent with your message and so on. So that's the analogy of your message from your business. And and the way we use that in the first step is to ask, well, why, why are you in business and what do you actually do? And then the second step following on from that is the ideal customer. So who do you do it for? Who's your dream customer? And then get very specific about that dream customer. And, and then your message, that congruent message, is always directed at that dream customer. So a lot of people might find your website, but the dream customer is the one that you want to say, oh, this is what I'm looking for. I'm in the right place here. I want to find out more. 
Whereas if they're not a dream customer, they'll see that and they'll go somewhere else. They'll look for something else. And this is a really hard thing for a lot of business owners to get. And and of course, I you know I made this mistake at the beginning of my business for a long time because in the beginning, you're trying to grow your business, you're scrambling for enough revenue to make it sustainable. <laughs> and so you take on anybody that comes your way, anybody that says, hey, I want your help. Can you, I'll pay you to do this for me. And the problem is, as I've learned, is sometimes when you take on the wrong type of customer, it just ends in tears and, and you know, it's a bad experience all around, both for the customer and, and for you. Yes. Uh, well said about first starting a business. We'll take anybody and <laughs> yeah. trying, to, trying to start the business and you get a point in time that you're, well, you know, I need to really focus in on who my ideal customer, who's that target audience. Uh, and, and I was looking at some of the materials that I, I, I w- was able to download for free. And you, you mentioned pain. Hmm. I, I tend I I tend to think that we well I, I I'm very guilty of this I've gotten better of it to your point we don't think about the audience we think about what we have for them which might be incorrect I need to understand them so I can marry up what what how will I cure their pain That's right yeah and, and uh, just recently I had this person who was in one of my my courses. There was a two-part course, and she has homework to do, and she would norm- she's normally do like a slideshow, and basically a PowerPoint slideshow, uh, in order to get her message to her audience. She created a video, and was trying to explain how her organization could cure someone's pain, and did it visually, which I applauded her for doing that. I mean, I thought that was very ingenious because mm. that goes to that five to seven seconds. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in thinking about your ideal customer, your, your, your dream client, we all dream. But mm. how do, and, and going through this process, uh, how do we, how do we, one, get them to move towards me? Yeah. Great question. So first step, I mean, you say we all dream and what I've learned in doing these exercises around identifying the dream client is uh, if you just kind of leave it abstract like that, it becomes very difficult to do. And I, I even find that very difficult to do. So where we start from is, and of course, this this assumes that you've already got some clients in your business. Mm-hmm. Um where we start from is to say, who's your favorite client? Who's somebody who you love being with? You get out of bed in the morning at five o'clock and, you know, really excited to work with them. And you'd probably work with them for free if they, you know, if they couldn't pay you. Mm. Let's say there was a global pandemic and suddenly all their funds dried up. You'd still work with them for free until they got back on their feet because you really like working with them you actually make a big difference in their life. So you pick that person and then we say, okay, let's, let's build a really deep understanding of what drives them, what their needs are, what their pain points are, and also what are their aspirations? Where, where do they want to be? And then that transformation, and that's why I talk about transformational marketing, that transformation 
is where you've got to see whether you can insert yourself. And, you know, if they're a really good customer, then I'm guessing that they value what you do for them so that that's where the transformation is that you're helping them make and their journey that they're on. So then we do an exercise where we say, well, let's let's clone that customer mm-hmm. in inverted commas, right? Clone. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and and there might you, people might say, well, I've got three or four that I really love working with. So we say, okay, that's great. Well, let's let's start off with one, and let's bring you know is let's say it's that's um, Sam, Coach Sam is my ideal customer. Let's mm-hmm. say she's built on one of my clients. But let's say there's there's another client that I also love working with. Well, is she like Coach Sam? Yes, she is. But there's some other things that, that she has that Coach Sam doesn't have. So you kind of amalgamate those in. And that builds this person, uh, this fictitious person. So Coach Sam is actually a fictitious person, but built from attributes that I've learned about my dream clients or my, you know, the, the real clients. Then to your question about the message, how do you attract them? When you know their pain, when you know where they want to go to, you know, you talk about the transformation and the message is really, so, you know, you, you'll talk about, so from a good example, I mean, let's take lawyers, for example. Okay. Um, if you're in the lawyer space and let's say you're a divorce lawyer. So somebody looking for help with, I don't know, tax law jumps on your website, they're not your ideal client. So you want to be very specific about if, you know, if you're I don't know, I'm struggling a little bit here with the right message, but but in terms of divorce, so, you know, their pain is they're going through divorce. Right. And they might be unsure of how to manage that with causing them grief and stress and ending up in courts. You know, their their ideal situation might be, okay, the relationship's broken down, we're going to go our separate ways, but we'd like it to be amicable, we'd like the process to be smooth for both parties so that mm-hmm. it's it's dealt with quickly and everybody goes their separate ways and there's no bad blood and all the finances are dealt with and um, if there's children involved that they're taken care of and looked after and you know their best interests are catered for. So they're the aspirations. The pain is, you know, I'm afraid that None of that will happen, that it'll actually be a protracted legal battle. Everybody will get hurt through it. It'll cost us a lot of money. So that's what you talk to. So you start off with saying, you know, are you worried about your divorce ending up as a protracted legal battle, costing you a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. We can take care of all the logistics for you and we can turn this into a very positive experience. So in doing that, if you get your ideal clients, and I'm in the process of doing this right now, as you were talking, I'm doing, I'm somewhat doing this. I'm asking them, I'm getting them on a Zoom call and going, yeah. what keeps you up at night? Yeah. And I'm, you know, after I had about 12 interviews over the last 30 days, and it became very clear by the third interview 
and this isn't within uh, CPA firms and CPAs and in, in business and industry, became very clear to me what the issues were. So it validated what I thought, but I got it out of their mouths mm. and in their language. So exactly, this, yeah. So and so is this. By doing this, and this is the first time I've done this. By doing this, now when I design the marketing around it, I'm not using my words. I'm using mm. their words. That's exactly right. So that that's a real key part of making marketing human again. So well done. <laughs> Thank uh, you. you know, you you said something to me on on my podcast when I interviewed you when you were as a guest. You said, "Listen in, uh, hear it in their words, or listen in their words." Yeah, uh, which I thought was lovely. So I've I've actually adopted that as as one of the things I say when when I talk about you know and speaking to your customers. I mean, talking to customers is a really key part of making marketing human again. Um, when we do the ideal client exercise, we don't do it in a vacuum. I mean, if you start off with somebody that you've got a good relationship with, you'll have some knowledge of what drives them and what their beliefs are and what their pain and what their aspirations are. Uh, but a lot of the times we really dig deep into that and as a result, people will say, oh, I don't know, to a question that I might ask. And I say, well, there's an opportunity to have a conversation with a few customers so that you can answer those questions. And so that's a really good way, I think, to to enhance that understanding of your ideal client. And then as you say, listen in their language and write that down, even record if, you know, if they're okay with recording those conversations, record them, get them transcribed and use their language. So again, coming back to what I said right at the beginning, you know, you're not talking about marketing funnels or um, traffic to your website. You're talking about people and you're talking about customer journeys and customer experiences. Yes, and I'm looking at the, the, your ideal client worksheet. However, there's a word in there that we talked about on your podcast, and I, I uh, the ideal client empathy worksheet. Mm. Now that's about the human. We have yes. the, empath- the, the ability to empathize is try to put ourselves in their shoes and try to understand what they're going through. That's right. I, yeah, I like so, it a lot. Hmm. so we we actually do two key steps in this ideal client exercise. And if you go on to the internet and look for ideal client, you'll get a lot of avatar worksheets that ask questions like, how old are they? You know, are they male or female? What demographic? Where do they live? What sort of car do they drive? Um, what profession are they in? family status, and so on. That's all important to know because that's all part of knowing who the other person is and being able to have a conversation with them because there'll be things that you learn there that you have in common and that are an intersection and a starter for a conversation. But they don't really help you market in depth to them because you really want to know a whole lot more. You want to know their pain points and their their um, aspirations. You want to know what are some of the beliefs they have. Um, in particular, you want to know what are some of the limiting beliefs they have. So that most people have limiting beliefs around money, <laughs> which 
you know, to somebody in the financial services industry or accounting um, might be really interesting to know what are the limiting beliefs your potential customers have about money and how can you help them, you know, address those limiting beliefs or remove those limiting beliefs and be more successfully financially with their financial situation. Also, you know, how do they like to be communicated with? I mean, what what language do they use is one thing that you've mentioned, <laughs> but also, you know, taking that up to a higher level, are they a visual communicator? Uh, will video work? You know, do they like to watch videos because they're a visual communicator or are they an, an auditory communicator primarily so they actually prefer to listen to people speaking? Mm-hmm. They're not so much visual or are they what's known as a, a kinesthetic communicator, which they're, they're the people that talk about, you know, this doesn't feel right. So you can adapt your language in a way that connects with those people and actually resonates with them. That's not to say that, you know, you, you have a different message. It's still the same congruent message. It's that lighthouse shining, it's consistent light. But you adapt the language so that they hear it in their words, like you said. Right. Uh, and, and on this journey uh, that you described early, so they want to come and they want to learn more. So if we've got the, our ideal client and, and we've got them to our website, they can either go, uh, sorry, I'm leaving, or, well, let me learn a little bit more about what's going on here. And this is where you use your podcast to be that learning moment. Mm. Yeah, the podcast is certainly, for me, one of the big ones where you know, people can listen to the podcast. There's, it's, there's no cost to them. There's no commitment. They, they, there's nobody there holding them accountable, which is often people feel as though, and I mean, I have this. I, I'm aware that I'm, I'm like this. I go onto a website and I'm looking for information, but for whatever reason, I'm not ready to commit. So I'm not ready to actually engage in a conversation. I'm not ready to put in my email to actually get emails sent to me because I just want to be anonymous at that particular point in time. But I do want that information. So, you know, you need to cater for people that are at that point. And you've got to find that balance of providing enough really high value information that they're impressed with you to the point of saying, hey, that's that's a really good match for what I'm looking for right now, firstly. And secondly, this person either really knows, well, this person really knows their stuff, but beyond that, this person has access to other people that are experts in their field so that if I were to enter into that world, it wouldn't only be that business, it would be all the businesses or people in their environment that I'd also have access to in some form. So that's where the podcast, I think, for me, plays a big role because I've got lots of wonderful guests like you that come and talk to me about their expertise and so I can share that with my audience. Um, So I'm not an expert in improv, but I've got Peter Margaritas on (laughs) speaking, so I've got an episode there that people who are interested in improv and interested in how that can inform their marketing message, because that's my audience, they say, well, this is very unique because no other marketer has 
Peter Margaritas on their podcast talking about improv. <laughs> and for the kind words, I should give you an Australian, <laughs> uh, an Australian five dollar bill that I have. <laughs> <laughs> that one's actually no longer legal currency, though. I've, I have to tell you. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it in my wallet then. <laughs> free, free gift to be made. I think I think the bank bank might still take it. <laughs> uh, so let's give a plug on your podcast right now. The name of your podcast is. Well, the one you are on is the Innova Buzz podcast, and people can find that at innovabuzz.com. But I also have another podcast where I kind of uh, indulge myself and tell some stories, and it's called Tales of Marketing Transformation. So, and, and, and it's subtitled Let's Make Marketing Human Again. That's my catch cry on that one. <laughs> you need to trademark that, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so they can find it also uh, on your website, and we'll. I'll put all this stuff in the show. We'll put all this stuff in the show notes as well as on Apple Podcasts and all the major podcast platforms out there, correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on pretty well everything that I could find as a podcast platform. Yeah. And you, you, to date, how many episodes do you have now? Well, we're approaching episode 300. Well, I've recorded uh, about 306 or 307 and we, I, I can't remember the, exactly the number that we published last week. It, it's probably coming up to 292 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got episode 300. I mentioned George Bryant earlier. I'll give him another plug because he's <laughs> coming on in episode 300 and he is an amazing marketer. He's, he's one of my role models. He, he talks about uh, relationships always beat algorithms. <laughs> which is all about making marketing more human. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I absolutely love that concept and how you've described it and what you're doing with it. And so my, my question, so I've got, I've got them in this journey and now they buy from me. Mm. I, I personally, I think this might be the hardest part. So this is, yeah, this is the hardest part that a lot of people get totally wrong. Uh, and and I'm probably one. They've bought for me. I've delivered the goods. I delivered the services. Or I'm. I should be following up. Hmm. But I. I well, this. Yeah. No, come on. Let, let me, yeah. There, there's two. There's two aspects to that. So the moment people actually buy from you, um, they're already having. You know, the moment they part with their money, they're already having some second thoughts. So it's the, you know, the buyer's remorse mm -hmm. scenario. And, of course, the bigger the financial investment that they make with you, the more substantial that buyer's remorse is. So the moment someone pays you some money, you need to take steps to make them feel as though they've done the right thing, they've made the right decision. So don't wait until the first meeting if you're providing a service. Don't wait until the product is delivered um, to kind of have the next interaction. Keep those regular touch points going. So, you know, it might be as simple as sending an email straight away following up their purchase that says congratulations in investing yourself and talking about, again, you know, we're going to take away these pains and we're going to make help you make this transformation to this after state. Um, so really just reinforcing that message. Also educating them on here's the next steps and here the, here's how the next stages of this journey is going to work. So that a lot of people in marketing focus a lot on getting to that sale and then they kind of say, well, okay, our job's done, marketing's finished. 
Um, but that's really only, I mean, that's only part of the whole journey. So the marketing is still ongoing after the purchase. And it's it's just a different relationship right now. It's a different journey that that person is on than the journey of somebody who's just come into your website and wants to learn more. So they're on different journeys and you need to meet them where they are at the journey. So, you know, a couple of the classic ones that I think are, are really bad mistakes, and this comes back to the automation systems. So I've bought something and I've had this happen to me at least five times in the last few weeks. I've bought something and then I get an email in my inbox the next day that's promoting that same product that I've just bought. So it's kind of like, you know, you haven't even acknowledged that I've already purchased this product. You're <laughs> still trying to sell it to me. Right. And and that just, it's just, you know, I mean, I know what's going on, but I think people that don't understand that that's because the automation system is set up in a way that it doesn't actually track that somebody's purchased and so they've got to get different emails. Somebody doesn't understand that and they say, well, you know, there's a disconnect there. It's, it's, it's an incongruent message and also the relationship is hurt. You know, I mean, people talk about relationship banking, so that's actually a withdrawal from that relationship bank. Then the next thing, of course, is the ongoing relationship. So now, that now you're providing a service to someone or you've provided a product to somebody, making sure that they have, I mean, this is a big one, accessibility and accountability is a big one. So if you think about training courses, how many training courses have you bought that you've kind of paid the money, parked them away, you've never done anything more with them, or maybe you've had a look at one or two of the early modules and you haven't gone any further. Now, I'll put my hand up and I'll say, I'm sure that 90% of the ones I've bought are like that. (laughs) And that's just human nature. So, there is enormous value when people have training courses or books that they provide to their clients Mm -hmm. in having some sort of accountability and accessibility. So, accessibility to the people that provide the training and an an accountability where you can follow up and say, well, you know, how did you find module one? Some of that is building a community around that. Um, Some of it is just in the ongoing communication. So you don't just publish the training program. You actually have some ongoing communications with them to find out where, you know, where you can help further. And of course, then that brings up what you're asking, which is, you know, what else can I do for them? Because then once you engage people in that dialogue, you have the conversations like you said before, um, invite them onto a Zoom call if they're having difficulty, um, listen to what they tell you. You have the opportunity then to come up with a whole lot of new ideas of how else you can help them. How can you help them make that transformation. So it's not just, okay, I've made the sale, it's done. I think as a business, if I'm providing a service or a product to my clients, that I have a responsibility to do everything I can to see that they actually achieve their end goal. So my end goal is not my sale. My end goal is to see my customer achieve their goal. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And it's amazing. We're not in the transaction business. We're, we're in a relationship yep. building business. That's uh, right. Being a former banker, uh, I was taught that very well, that this is a relationship, not a transaction. And w- when you brought the relationship management back up, but so many people in the marketing, I, 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 what, what frustrates me, I saw like a LinkedIn, I get a lot of requests of people trying to immediately sell me something because they see, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They see three letters behind my name says CPA and we can help your firm out. And I'm going, you hmm. don't even, you did a search CPAs, but you have no idea what I do. Hmm. Uh, and, and to me, that's just throwing spaghetti up against the wall. And it goes to the fact that it's not human. I'm trying to create these funnels and lead magnets and stuff. And, and yeah. maybe I can catch somebody versus actually going through and looking at who you're going to send to? Is this the right person? Is this is this my ideal customer or client? If it's not, don't market to them. Mm. Yeah, well, the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn spam, as I call it, is uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's uh, luckily LinkedIn is a platform where it doesn't happen hugely. I mean, some of the other social media platforms is really bad, and of course, email. I mean, I'm sure everybody gets hundreds of spam emails all the time. On on LinkedIn, that's that's my favourite. No, no, is um, either somebody sends me a connection request saying, "Yeah, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get more traffic to your website." Is one that I get a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, or your website's not ranking number one on Google. Is the other one that I get quite a lot, and we can rank you. We guarantee that we can rank you number one. And I always laugh at that one because, first of all, how do they know? They don't say which search term I'm not ranking number one for. Right. So how, how do they know what I want to rank for? And secondly, even Google say they can't guarantee number one rankings. So how can somebody else guarantee it <laughs> and outsmart Google who, are, you know, I don't know how, how many employees they have now. Um, when I first started talking about this story, it was 13,000. I'm sure they're well over 20,000 now of the smartest people on the planet. And how are you a small business um, going to outsmart Google. <laughs> right. So, but yes, you're right. Um, I think, you know, LinkedIn is a fabulous tool, but you need to use it to build relationships, build right. relationships with people and connect with people who, you know, it makes sense to connect with. So I get lots of connection requests and I um, look at them, particularly if people don't take the time to, customize the message mm-hmm. so you know they might say oh so i had one recently and i thought well that's nice so i listened to your podcast episode with and i can't remember who it was but they actually mentioned the person and they said something that captured their attention on the podcast mm-hmm. so they specifically talked about what they took away from that podcast and then they said i'd love to connect on linkedin and i thought that is a beautiful example of how to actually reach out to somebody and connect because they've taken the time. Um, first of all, they've actually taken the time to find out something about me. Mm-hmm. They've then taken the time to send me a personalized message and the connection request is let's let's connect. That's nothing more. So I connected with that person. I normally follow up with a note um, telling people about the podcast because that's publicly available and many people who connect with me may not know about it. So I say, hey, there's a podcast here. In this case, I checked that person and noted that he was connected to a couple of podcast guests that I'd had on a few years ago. And I said, I'm glad you enjoyed the episode with so-and-so. 
did you know that I also had X and Y on the podcast? You might like to have a listen to their episodes. So I've basically given something back mm-hmm. without any expectation. And then I normally close with, let me know if I can help you in any way, which is an open invitation to anything. So sometimes people will come back and and respond to that and there'll be a conversation going back and forth. Uh, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just say thanks and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But that's building a relationship. And at some point that relationship might lead on to something else. It might lead on to business. It might lead on to doing something together as a, a JV. It might simply lead, well, it might lead to them coming on my podcast because if I I've done a little bit of research there and, and think, wow, this is a fascinating person. I might explore them some more and I might say, hey, would you look, like to come on my podcast? So then, you know, there's, there's various journeys that that relationship then might take. Absolutely. And, and I love, you know, I'm walking away from this conversation rethinking a lot of my other marketing that I've been doing. Uh, and going back to what I grew up with, what I know best, I, I love building relationships. Uh, mm. I, I don't like people that they come in and they're trying to sell you immediately and they don't know anything about me because yeah. there is no relationship. Uh, and, and in that relationship, there's got to be some level of trust. That's and right. It, mm. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, yeah, you have and, to earn the trust first. Mm. Exactly. So as we begin to wrap up and, and this, Human marketing, I just love it. I just love it. What What else does my audience need to know? So, if you think like some parting thoughts, or whatever. What What should they always remember and think about when they're thinking about marketing and human marketing at that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you know we've we've already said that it's it's relationships, not transactions. Uh, I think that's an important thing to remember. The whole languaging thing, I, I'm looking at a lot of my stuff. I mean, I'm guilty of having done this in the past and I've probably still got language like this in various places. So I'm kind of going through things as I revamp some of my material and some of my training programs to address those language things there. But I think the key message for me, and it's always where we start, is be really clear why you're in business and what you do and who who your dream client is, and make that as narrow and as focused as you can, and then just obsess over that dream client, over those dream clients. Really obsess over them. And when I say obsess over them, you know, really understand what drives them, what their pain points are, what their aspirations are, what's the journey that they're on, and what's the transformation where you can actually add value to. Absolutely. Uh, it starts at the beginning of understanding. We'll do, I, put it in this understanding your audience. And I'm talking about your audience of ideal customers. And, and I love yep. the word, I love the word obsessing over it. Just thinking about it at all times. What, what have I missed? Researching, doing, finding, digging. And once that piece is done, I'm not going to say everything else is simple because it's not but mm. you but you have you have to as you your your metaphor the lighthouse yeah you you have that vision you, you can see out 
uh, and you have a clearer picture of, of who I want to do business with and not just anybody whose check will clear. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, Jürgen, I have to thank you so very much. One, for getting up so early. Two, I, I absolutely love this conversation. I enjoyed my time being on your podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time on mine. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I've had a blast. Thanks, Peter. I really appreciate the opportunity, too. You, you're more than welcome. And I have to promise that we're going to continue to stay in touch because I, I didn't know you three weeks ago that I met you two weeks ago. And I've not stopped top, talking about your podcast and, and website, and we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. But I really enjoy just, just having a conversation with you because you're, you're so easy to talk to, and, and you're so wise. <laughs> <laughs> you make me sound very old. <laughs> no, no I, didn't mean, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, but, well, but, uh, I'll, I'll own that and wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> well, well I, thank you again. Uh, and, um, and do you really enjoy your winter? Because you're coming into the winter season now, so I hope you enjoy your winter in Australia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please stay safe and healthy and keep away from that corona thing. Yeah, likewise, Peter. It's, uh, I wish you all the best, and yeah, I look forward to staying in touch and enjoy your summer. <laughs> and yeah, I hope the, the corona situation eases for you as well. I know, you know it's been pretty tough over in the U.S., I think we've gotten off quite lightly, but you know it's still early days. True, and, and but I mean, just on a side note, the, the fires that you guys endured uh, in, in your summer uh, was just—I I think the word probably was horrific. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was the worst I've ever seen it, and it was—I was looking at a video somebody put together recently and there was a conversation around the fires and how that was the defining moment of 2020 and of course uh, as we know now it's kind of shrunk into the background right uh but oh. that's but uh like i said you know, I, I wish you all the best health happiness and hopefully things will become somewhat of a new normal and begin to stabilize out and we can enjoy ourselves again all right. Well, thanks, Peter. All the best. I want to thank Jurgen again for taking this time and being bright-eyed at 5.30 a.m. Australian time. Now, how do you change your mindset and your marketing strategy away from static references and begin to think in a more human, person-to-person aspect? Can you take your customer past just showing up and leaving and having them begin the long-lasting relationship journey that lasts for years? That is something for all of us to consider. Thank you again for listening. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you download your podcast from. Also, please subscribe and share this episode with a friend. I will conclude by saying this. Improvise the scene that you are in, not the scene you want to be in. Thank you. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.